0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Over The Bridge Podcast. Uh, Today we've got a full cast and a couple of guests and it's Bilal here just kicking us off to get us started. It's really nice because where I'm sitting right now I've got this fantastic setup with this brand new mic and I feel super fancy but I'm also looking outside. And the sky is blue, the sun is shining, and my cats haven't run away for about the first time in a week. So everything's so far so good in my day. But I thought I'd throw over to the rest of you, Kwaku, Patrick, Tom. Say hello, man. How are we all doing?
1: Yeah, it was good. I'm I'm doing well. Um, yeah, sun is shining. It's a lovely day in East London. What can I say? Bilal, I think that's a lie, though, because I saw your cat in a tree, like, Yesterday on Instagram, that's what I'm saying. Today they haven't run away. And it's oh, I thought you said this season. week. Oh, no, 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 it's the first <laughs> time within like a, a week
0: where I've had one cat free escape day. And I'm like, so far, so good. Oh, I see, I see,
2: I see. Okay. Don't they like you,
0: <laughs> bruv? They love me, yeah. But the minute they go outside, do you remind me of you know when people went uni and they'd obviously never left their house before and just went wild? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: One particular person in mind comes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> don't know about him. I hope he's all right. What, are they
1: man. in this chat or is, is nah, it? Nah, 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 nah. Oh, I know who you mean that. I know yeah. you mean that.
0: Um, but, but yeah, so yesterday, um, I need to tell you this cat story, man. If you ain't seen it, I get a text um, saying, oh, the cat is up the tree. So I come, come, there's a tree right next to my house, and this tree is massive. I'm talking like one of them real giant trees. that's probably been growing for about 100 years. Come back. Look up in the tree. Not in the tree. This cat is at the top of the whole tree. And I'm wondering how, like, you'd need to fly to get up there, right? And he was up there for about two hours, just meowing, until the neighbors knocked on my door to tell me to tell the cat to be quiet. I'm like, how can I tell a cat who was up a tree to be quiet? And eventually, this man just basically fell off and fell on the roof and then came inside, and he's literally just been asleep ever since. But, man, my whole life at the moment is is trying to save cats. Um, Wow. Anyway, sorry, I'm ranting about irrelevant <laughs> things. Tom, Tom McQuakey, <laughs> how you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a, um, a pretty long week, actually. Had like a lot of events that I've been well planning for quite a big, relatively big like tech investor event that I've been coordinating. So that's taken a, a little bit of um, a big chunk of my energy this week, I should say. Um, but besides that, all good. Weekend's been very chilled. Um, yeah, just just yeah, normal day to day stuff.
0: Hear that, man. And Tom, I know you might still be in. No,
3: no, I'm. I'm good. Um, I've, I've finished my bread. Well, the rest of the breads in the kitchen. But um, no, it's it's good. It's been a it's been a really busy week actually. Earnings has kicked off and and. All these French companies, they like to start really early in the morning. So like 7.30 starts. And of course, that's in European time. So it's not too bad. But when I was in London, it was like getting up at 5 to get ready for press release at 6 and then get on the call at 6.30. So really, really busy week. Um, Doing a little bit of work this weekend just to play a bit of catch up um, just because it's been that mad. But actually, it's it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Weather's nice. It rained on like Wednesday for like 40 hours, just like nonstop mad it's mad and i I don't even remember having that in london to be honest usually it stops in the night or it turns to drizzle but it was just like heavy 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 rain for wednesday thursday and then basically friday night stopped and then actually yesterday and today sunday weather's been really good actually so i might go for a drive up up to one of the local mountains later on just to get a bit of fresh air but all good man all good all good for our listeners that are scratching their heads at the moment, Tom lives <laughs> in Geneva.
1: So that's just a bit of background, yeah. a bit of context. Um, he's not like us, us peasants. In I've moved America. I've moved away from...
3: Uh, you know, what, I'm going to say something. London is Move actually up. bad vibes. I'm going to say that now Prada. straight off. The TLP, London is bad vibes. When you... When I'm, now that I've moved here, I realise how, one, people actually respect their lunches. This doesn't really happen. Yep. Like, <laughs> no. I'm surprised. Well, if I can have like an hour and a half, like an hour, hour and a half lunch, and it's like, all right, cool. No one will bat an eyelid. I even had like, lunch the other day. And like, my boss came to join us with the rest of the team and we were all just having, you know, one, two glasses of vino, not too much, you know, because you got still got to do your afternoon. But it's like, all right, cool. People respect their Sundays. Shops are generally closed. You're expected to do nothing. You know, people actually value their quality of life. I see why people are actually quite happy mm. here. But in London, people just, you know, sometimes people just move mad. Like on the tube, you see bare, like, angry people and that, and yeah, man. And, one other thing I would say, is I don't know if you saw the other day, but the minimum wage is actually increased in, I I don't know if it's Switzerland, but in Geneva, it's increased actually just the people to actually be able to deal with the living costs. And yeah, man, so no, it's not, obviously life is not perfect out here, but actually it is, I'd say, yeah, comparative to London, it's a much better quality of life. You know what I mean? Mm, mm, Yeah. yeah, mm, Yeah.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that you're having such a great life, man, whilst the rest of us are just (laughs) here feeling tight. But but anyway, I think it'd be about time that we introduce our two wonderful guests that we've got today. And thank you both for saying that you'd do this. It was really last minute as well. And you're both so keen and excited. So I'm so glad to have uh, Tolu and Leona, who I met actually very recently because they are the BME officers for Fitzwilliam College, Cambridge. Um, They're both in I think their second year and they're going to introduce themselves a little bit more but they brought me in personally to deliver some anti-racism session with the freshers there uh, which is going so well so far so good got another session in a little bit of time but I'd throw to both of you uh, whoever wants to go first tell us a little bit more about who you are and say hello to our listeners.
4: Well, I think I'm going to go first. Hi, I'm Leona, as Palau said, and this is our podcast debut. So if we're stuttering, just like, (laughs) don't mind us. But um, yeah, as he said, I go to Cambridge now. I do sociology. I went to state school like all of my life um, and for some reason had this weird obsession with Cambridge and like just wanted to go there really badly. So I was on a program called Target Oxbridge and literally got in thanks to that like without that I don't know where I'd be right now and yeah I'm from Ivory Coast and France initially actually from NC which is near where Tom is right now which is quite cool um, and yeah just excited to talk to you guys today. So. yeah um and I'm Tolu, totally also at
5: Cambridge at Fitz as willard said I'm studying law at the moment I was also on Target Oxbridge and like Leona I definitely would have wouldn't have got in without target oxbridge i'm nigerian and i'm from northwest london and now i'm trying to get through cambridge without a bike so <laughs> that's me <laughs> that's,
0: that's a hard job
3: yeah that's not gonna work man <laughs> not gonna work. you gotta give in it's at work, some point i did
4: so you, totally, i
1: did say i did say don't be afraid of the bike try new things man
4: i keep telling her like it's it's especially that hill though it's, it killed us but we're in isolation anyway i don't need to go anywhere
1: <laughs> oh yeah that's true man that's crazy how has that been
4: mad honestly it's like we have a good household so it's been going like well overall but yeah it's just for me personally like all my lectures are online so like before i left my mom was like why are you paying all this money like to go to cambridge but yeah, in it man, man 9k for
3: like online lectures bruv that's a muzzle you know bruv it's <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah yeah, no, They're honestly strange having to have do...
1: they have they not um have they not sort of mentioned that at all at cambridge like any kind of change to the tuition fees or anything like that or is it just just
5: um finance? Not really. I think there are some like student union things that might go through later on but at the moment it's just everyone's trying to work it out. I think for me I'm doing law so some of my supervisors asked us if we want to do in-person supervisions so they gave us that option but for the most part I'm online. I think it's been fine because I'm living with like my friends this year we're all together mm. and I just feel like we have to be a lot more intentional with going out because last year we just stayed in we'd maybe walk across the college to go to each other's rooms but this year we're like no we need to see Cambridge because we can't waste a whole year sitting inside so it's mm. been good in that aspect. Definitely.
3: Well you, l- yeah. you lot of homebodies yeah
1: yeah were
4: were you homebodies
1: (laughs) because of were you homebodies because of the lockdown at the end of last year or just in general you just not really gone out that much
4: I think it's different like I was a bit different to Tolu last year like (laughs) I definitely went around the whole ACS crew like I'm on committee now as well so I definitely went out last year but I feel like with this whole corona stuff that's like not even an option so like it's just made my introvert self want to be more of a homebody. So we just kind of chill, Yeah. do yeah, like yeah. wholesome stuff now because there's not really any other option. No,
1: I hear yeah. that, I hear that. I just wanted to ask, because um, I was also at FITS as well. Are you in like college-owned houses or are you like in an independent house or?
5: Um, so we're in like an accommodation block, which is shared between loads of different colleges. Oh, it's okay. like five minutes from Fitz. So, like, Whereabouts we get- is the- it? Um, it's by John's Playing Field.
1: Oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: Kind of there. So there's uh, loads of different colleges and we're split into households with fits people. Oh, which that's is
1: cool. Is it, a new, yeah. is it a new block? I new think it is.
4: Because I don't remember if. that
1: being there. When, no, when,
4: I, I when, think, like, we didn't even visit it before <laughs> moving in. <laughs> so we were stressing like, the whole of summer being like, this is going to be so bad. But no, nah, it's good because, like, at least we're all together now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Like, I don't know, there's less of a less
0: porters as well so it's a bit more chill yeah cool cool wicked well thank you both for being here today and for sharing a little bit about sort of the uni experience which as the whole world is kind of experiencing right now it's uni in a very different way to i suppose what anyone ever signed up for um just a question with that do you feel do you actually feel that this sort of experience of online lectures Um, is the same is different and actually would you want if you could to repeat the year without that
4: oh I didn't even think about like repeating the year like as I said before it is definitely very different like you're kind of just staring at your screen all day especially if you don't have in-person supervisions so it's it's kind of hard because you don't have that like you know when you're at lectures and like you're sitting next to someone you don't understand something you can be like what did they just say like you can kind of talk to other people and feel like you're actually at uni but now it's like and I know Cambridge is for the work but like the social life was good as well like with ACS and stuff BME campaign so like to miss all of that is kind of hard but I don't think I'd redo a year I don't I can't do another year of Cambridge <laughs>
5: I'd say the same I feel like we're in a better position than freshers because we've already made like relationships made friends in first year we kind of know who we talk to on our course if we don't understand something so in that aspect it's been it's been okay um, doing online uni but I feel like for freshers it might be a bit harder because you haven't got existing friendships or people that you know who you can talk to.
1: Mm -hmm. and with the freshers um with them being in isolation is that like they just have to stay in their room like they can't can they interact with other people or do you know how that works yeah
4: they they can i think it's different depending on the college like um some you can invite like one or two people to your household i think keys was like up to six at one point i think they Mm -hmm. had to change that really quickly but so you can see people in your household like in our college but you can't really go around and do like really big events Yeah, um,
1: yeah,
4: yeah. yeah but we're on the jcr and during
5: freshers week there were so many online events so you could tell that people were so excited to just see other people <laughs> because yeah, yeah, in yeah. freshers Speak. You just walk around, you say hi to people. It's the classic: "What's your name? What's the subject? <laughs> where are you living?" But yeah, it's kind yeah. of harder to do that. You can't set up a Zoom call and be like, "So nice to meet you." What's yeah,
3: imagine you know? no, no fresher's fair That's like a, so um, mad, yeah. where they do yeah. Parker's piece. There's no fresher's fair this year, I presume, because obviously it's, there just, was it's a,
5: too crowded. Yeah, there was an online one, so again, it was just all the societies set up Zoom links on the SU page, and then you just click on that to chat with committee members I think some hmm. societies did specific Q&A's about different
4: things that they do but again all online Bro, yeah, so obviously hard. Hard. Yeah. we keep yeah. saying like being a fresher right now must be so hard because it's obviously not the same experience like we're on JCR so we try and reassure them like it's fine you'll be fine but it's it's not the same and it's just yeah. adapting. but I think for the most part that
5: fits from what I've heard from other JCR like committee members they said that freshers have been getting on fine with it like because you mm. don't really have much to compare it mm. to it's not like second mm, year true. you don't really know what you're missing out on so they seem to be making the most of it but i know that some people it's been a bit difficult as well
3: no it's mine yeah. Do you know i actually got i got an email from homerton the other week actually you know like you get these alumni emails mm. and stuff and some of some most of the time they're actually kind of interesting and this one was Basically, the um, the residence for, for freshers called West House and I stayed there and, and basically anyone who joins Hamilton will stay there for the first time. And um, they basically said all 223 first year students resident in West House were asked to go into self-isolation following public advice from Public Health England. I'm like, that is mad. However, they said a the whole building... Would not usually be asked to self-isolate in this way and students have been organized into quote households unquote providing them with a group of people with whom they can safely socialize and allowing a positive COVID-19 test to result in the self-isolation of a, school, a small group of people that's mad I'm guessing they're just like congregating by kitchens because I mean the way it used to work in West House was you had a kitchen between eight people it was quite a big kitchen but that's just actually mad so you you know can only congregate between eight. Nah, that's painful, man. That's actually so painful. It's
4: mad. Like I actually applied to Homerton, so um I know where West House is and like I had a friend who lived there last year. And when I even found out through the news, not through <laughs> our oh. friends there. Like it was just crazy. And luckily, like the friends that we have aren't in the West House right now. But I can't even imagine just having to stay in Eurocom.
3: Not for me. <laughs> them rooms are small as well, you know. Like you got, I used to go to see people at other colleges. Yeah, like you had a relatively nice room in your your first yeah, year. Yeah, I was really it was quite lucky. spacious.
0: I had quite a massive room.
3: But my room in West House was tiny. i was, and fair enough. It had, I mean, it had. Um, it was ensuite, so I couldn't really complain too much. To be honest, that was one of the important things for me at the time. And when I was 17, I was like, oh, I want to go to someone that's got ensuite. But it was a small room. So imagine having to be confined in a small room. And yeah, and I remember I was on the sixth floor, which is the highest one, I think, or fifth, whatever it was. And because the roof is right above it, it's quite small. The only benefit with that room up there was there was um, like a not a balcony, but just a place you could store your drinks right outside and it <laughs> cool down. That was the only benefit wow. that it was so small as a room. So I, I, I kind of, yeah, I sympathize for them guys up in West House, man.
4: Yeah I remember the day before my interview I actually stayed at Homerton and those showers like it's like a wet room so I've heard about yeah, that oh no. very small so wishes for Homerton people yeah. <laughs>
0: So obviously, like hearing all of that, it makes you think that the university experience is not the same, to say the very least, um, in terms of just being locked in your room, being in the somewhere away from home without people that you really know, particularly for freshers, right, who don't even know these people and have just been asked to isolate and maybe seeing people at a small time in the day. Um, what would you say to kind of people listening, who might be having members of their family who have just gone to uni for the first time or back at uni, you know, maybe in their second or third year. Um, what would you say to them who might be thinking about how is my family finding uni?
4: That's a good question. I'd say as much of as we've been saying that it's hard, like as Tolly said, some of the freshers are really enjoying it and like loads of the societies, and I can only speak for Cambridge because obviously I'm here, but they're really trying to like still make it a good experience. So I'd say like as long as people are trying to do the online thing I know it's hard like it's it's obviously very different to before but there's been really good events like we're both on committee and like some of the events I've put on have actually gone really well even if there's not like a huge number of people going like you'll still enjoy it and I'd say it's maybe a boring answer but you can actually focus a little bit on your degree as well, like actually Mm -hmm. understanding it. Cause I feel like last year, there was just so much going on. Like every time new event, new event, new event. That's because you,
3: that's because you were gallivanting. That's why man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I
4: mean, (laughs) so it was like, I was so lost. The degree side of things, it was, it was a bit of a mess. So at least now, like I know what I'm doing and like, you have more time to do that. But I don't know, Tolly, would you say anything? Yeah. I'd say just make sure you're
5: checking in with people, I know everyone's a bit sick of Zoom now, but a Zoom—if you know you're like eating lunch—I called my friend on FaceTime the other day. Do you want to eat lunch together? Just small things that make That's sure nice, that you're not completely, completely distancing yourself from other people. And on the thing about doing your degree as well, I remember Freshers Week last year. <laughs> I don't know how I even functioned because looking back, I, I. I can't understand it. There were so many different freshers events and obviously Fitz is a bit far out. Once again, no bike. So I was walking around town, trying to get to all these events and then doing reading as well. And then this year, week zero, which is like the week before term starts and everything so so
4: calm peaceful very peaceful. wholesome moment. We like
3: we were chilling no stress no the stresses. way the way I'm hearing you lot say um wholesome yeah just tells me last year was enjoyment for the pair of I'm telling you man like, you know like the way I'm hearing it but you know um but that's that's part of the uni experience you know what I mean and so that's just part of part of growing up and you know you leave someone said to me you leave you leave school when you're you know 18 you go to uni and then hopefully you grow up into a young man, young woman when you leave, when you're 21, obviously a bit longer if you're an engineer or a medic. And of course, assuming you start at 18, but you know, it's um, yeah. I mean, the way you lot, the way you lot are speaking just makes me sound like mad old. And I just, I'm reminiscing on uni days. I'm, I'm freshers as well. Do you know what I mean? And, just being able to enjoy life man but um, we're all uncles now man yes I <laughs> just got a <laughs> didn't someone didn't someone tweet the other day about they don't want to hear um, DEE like uncles play DEE oh, to them wow Bam. <laughs> yeah. let's not even
1: yeah. people were talking about what's it called Um, a little bit of luck to our got so angry. <laughs> wow that, what they calling us I, I, I closed my app and I went I for, <laughs> went for a walk like no what so
0: I remember because <laughs> I worked with, I worked with young people and I never forget the day that I was playing a little bit of garage and one of the young people goes ah oh, blah, my dad plays that kind of stuff and I was like shit Whoa, that's much, much you know? I'm, I'm actually <laughs> old what happened man
3: but, Um,
0: I i thought maybe we could go back a little bit because i think for you know you both kind of mentioned at the start when you're introducing yourselves that you obviously target oxbridge was one of the things that helped you on your journey to get to cambridge but maybe just tell us tell the audience a little bit about sort of your life where you grew up um what led you to sort of even being at target oxbridge in the first place yeah so i can go first
5: um so I think during school, like Leona, I also went to state schools in my whole um, like academic career, before Cambridge at least. Um, so I'd always done quite well in different subjects at GCSE, like I was good at STEM, humanities, Ooh. a few different things. So I don't know. No one really said you should go to Cambridge. But I remember one day in like a random class, someone said, are you going to go to uni? I said, yeah, I'm going to Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what that meant that's your speaking it into it,
3: existence that's it
5: <laughs> Amen.
0: where, where Honestly, in northwest london did you go to school just out of curiosity
5: um so i went to secondary school in like hendon so literally right by hendon central yeah. um awesome. and then i moved for sixth form to north finchley like that area okay. for sixth form Oh, so yeah cool. and then some point during secondary school that happened and then when it actually got around to university I was like how does one apply to Cambridge what does this mean why are there so many tests that I need to do um, I came across Target Oxbridge I think in a random newsletter email from my sixth form and then I applied really late I think I wasn't going to apply at first And then it got to the deadline. I was like, "Tolly, you really don't know what you're doing when it comes to Cambridge. So I thought, yeah, let me do that. Target Oxbridge honestly changed my whole application experience. There was so much mentorship and just meeting other people that also wanted to go to Cambridge. Mm -hmm. I remember going on those residentials. Afterwards, I'd just be like, yeah, I can do it. It just had a little bit of motivation from it. I think even now, knowing people from Target Oxbridge even helps me in Freshers' Week because everything in Freshers' Week is new. New course, new people, new place that you're going to be living. And having people that you'd already known from Targ Oxbridge over the past years really helps kind of have a piece of home with you in
4: Cambridge. Um, So that really helped me during Freshers' Week as well. Yeah, I'd say I had a kind of similar experience to Tolu, but um, I grew up in South London, South East London. So I went to state school for secondary school and for some reason our school decided to have this new program like this top set thing they forced us to do latin and french and like they wanted us to like get into really good unis so um, they had like a program for us like from kind of early like year eight year nine um, and i remember i went to visit cambridge in year nine and i was like this is it i don't know why i didn't even Think about like anything to do with diversity. Honestly, anything. I had no idea what it meant. <laughs> I saw the buildings. I was like, this is Harry Potter. I knew it was number it. one. I said, this one. <laughs> Honestly, so I remember I went to that, and after that, I was like, yeah, I really want to go. Then I kind of forgot about it for a few years, like, and obviously near like GCSE time, I was like, okay, I actually have to work now because I feel like I kind of. I don't know didn't try that hard in school like early secondary school again this whole enjoyment thing keeps coming up but <laughs> um so yeah I did that and then I did well in my GCSEs so my teachers were like yeah you should probably like think about um some like good unis and Cambridge and Oxford they always just wanted to get people in there because we didn't have a lot of people go so I actually left that school for sixth form I was like you're not gonna help me get in I was like deuces and I went to like a really um <laughs> honestly um so they helped me get to that point and I was like bye and um I went to this really like competitive school in um Westminster so it's actually called Harris Westminster mm. um and that school was intense man like the people there were so smart like It was um, very much a lot of people who wanted to get into Oxbridge, like top schools in the UK and like abroad. And um, that really trained me. Like before then, I wasn't that into like academic reading and stuff. Everyone around me was doing it. So I kind of felt like I had to get involved. And I initially was going to apply for medicine. But then I was like, no, I like this like race stuff, gender. I was like, ooh, what about like HSPS Um, and sociology and that? So I applied for Target Oxbridge as well. I remember getting in was like getting into Cambridge to Honestly, me. I got on
5: my birthday as well. I got the Ooh.
4: email on my birthday.
5: I was like, guys, this is the best day ever. <laughs> i like going to Cambridge already.
4: Yeah, and with that, Naomi really patterned me because I was going <laughs> to apply to PPE at Oxford. Um, and we kind of talked through it. Um, and I realised I don't like economics at all. <laughs> Philosophy, I have yeah. no idea what it is. So again, it was just the clout that was calling me. <laughs> Wait,
3: Harris West, Harris, <laughs> Harris Westminster, they got a society called There's Rice at Home, isn't there? Like an ACS society called There's Rice at Home. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah, Rice yeah, we at did, Home. Yeah, I did a, I did a, I did a, um, did a the talk, talk there. Thing. Yeah, yeah, a couple, couple years ago actually. To yeah, no, my friend pres- was president at the time, and he, I think he invited you. So yeah,
4: it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that was a really good school like we it was basically a uni honestly the amount of societies we had at that school was insane um but yeah and then target oxbridge and just applied really and i'm here now i don't know how but
5: i think we had quite similar journeys in the sense that we went to one school and then we moved to like a slightly more um academic school i don't know how to Mm -hmm. describe it but for example my sixth form i went to woodhouse college which is like I thought Um,
0: so when you said where you went. Yeah, eventually,
5: (laughs) of course. But um, you have like grade requirements, but it's like B grade requirements. So it was slightly more focused on getting good grades. We had an Oxbridge Academy as well. I didn't really go to like that many sessions because target Oxbridge was quite a lot of commitment and it was really helpful. So I kind of stuck with that, but there was definitely um, some encouragement from teachers to apply to Oxbridge.
4: Yeah, and actually I just remembered something real quick. Um, I also had a mentor through like Cambridge's Afro-Caribbean Society, that she checked my personal statements so many times, like, and literally on my interview day, she even met up with me, it was very nice. I also had a mentor from that. I
5: remember when I told her that I got an interview, I was like, please, could we do a mock interview maybe once if you're ever free? I know you have loads of essays. She literally replied to me. She sent me her number. She said, okay, so when are you free? I said, any day this week. She said, okay, we'll do one 6 p.m. Monday, 6 p.m. Tuesday, 6 p.m. Wednesday.
0: (laughs) That entire
5: week, she took time to do mock interviews with me. And then again on the day, she was texting me after every single interview How did it go? You're going to do fine. But yeah, um, Cambridge ACS Mentorship Scheme was really helpful as well
0: that's really amazing to sort of hear both of your journeys as to what got you there and like also the amount of support that was available to you and for you like once you kind of needed it or felt that that was a place that you wanted to go what i thought was super interesting i think even you said that when you went to visit cambridge it was like harry potter world right and like wow this place amazing the buildings are so cool but you never really thought at that point about Diversity, or about maybe the lack of representation, etc. And now both of you are BME officers, and I know have been involved in like the ACS committee and in all kinds of sort of. And I know, totally, you were like running the protest yesterday and like very active um, in regards to things about race and ethnicity and diversity at the moment. What for you, I guess, for either of you, really was like the shift or the change there in being actively involved in those kinds of groups.
4: I think I always was involved, and that's what's interesting. Like, the school that I went to before, there was probably like, there, it was very, like, a diverse place. Like, there was as many, like, white people as there were, like, non white people. So, I never really thought about it too much. Like, being mixed race, obviously, I had those, like, identity struggles, like, that Twitter loves to make fun of. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but so I was very involved in it. And I think um, in year nine, I just kind of saw it as an aspiration thing. Um, rather than maybe actually thinking I could get there. So I was just, um, I had that goal and I just wanted to get it. I think later on is when I kind of felt that more and actually coming here is when I realised, oh, wait, like you were on Target Oxbridge with these black people, but when you actually step into Cambridge, yes, some of them are still here, but you're still very, very much in the minority at Cambridge. So I think getting here and after all of that support i kind of wanted to i don't know like (laughs) make the most of my experience and make sure that it was kind of worth me getting here and like making it better for future people coming so i think that's when i became more involved but even before uni i was part of like um so there's rice at home which was (laughs) our acs at um sixth form but yeah i think same for me it started
5: during sixth form so my secondary school was basically 100% (laughs) non-white so there was maybe like one white person in a classroom at any time and then I moved to sixth form which was more ethnically diverse so again just as many non-white people as there were white people. Um, I remember going to the Cambridge ACS Access Conference or maybe even the Oxford one, a bit controversial (laughs) but I to (laughs) one of those and then A few of my closest friends at Sixth Form were on um, schemes like the Amos Bursary, and those are different schemes. And we decided to make um, an African Caribbean society at our Sixth Form. So we started that, and from that, it was just so nice to see everyone come together. We had events where people were doing spoken word, they were singing, and that I liked that aspect of Sixth Form, the community, and I saw it at Cambridge as well. So a lot of the experiences that I had had at Cambridge what either BME Open Days or Cambridge ACS events and that was when I started to think about what my experience would be like at Cambridge. Also we both talked a lot about mentorship and how we did have mentorship opportunities from things like that and the fact that I know that I probably wouldn't have got to Cambridge without that mentorship. Mm-hmm. I know that I'll, I'll need to do the same for other people and I know how important it is. So coming to Cambridge we've done things like access schemes as BME officer and just signing up for different societies. So I'm on the BME Campaign Society, Leona's on the ACS, and of course we're both BME officers. So yeah, I think again, like Leona said, coming here, you kind of realise that it's not just, just because you're on target Oxford and you maybe know 30 black people, (laughs) it doesn't mean that your experience is gonna kind of reflect that. So there are some microaggressions as we've been talking about with Bilal over the past um, couple of days, not anti-racism workshops, which kind of make the experience a bit
3: um more difficult than we would have anticipated mm. yeah i wanna i wanna ask on that um i guess two questions off the back of that so you know when you first came to cambridge despite you know the the great mentorship and and things like target oxbridge and um you know the mentorship schemes that you 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 guys um were part of was coming to cult, um cambridge a, a big culture shock for you guys firstly and then secondly um, can you talk about some of the, the microaggressions or anything that was a bit more overt that you you don't have to share if you don't want to, of course, but just can you just like you know give us a feel if it was there and, and what were some of the instances? Um just to I guess just to compare against what I guess not to say what we went through maybe, you know, ten odd years ago.
4: So yeah. Yeah, um maybe <laughs> um starting with the microaggressions thing, um it was interesting coming here it was definitely a culture shock like even in terms of the buildings i said before it looked like harry potter but actually coming here everything is so much smaller like it sounds dumb but it's like i was seeing cows in fields like (laughs) coming from london i was like wow this is very different and i think just meeting people who'd like never met a black person before was very 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 different for me um and like as i said before i am mixed race so like it's not that i wasn't used to seeing white people. It's just that I was used to like like white people from South London, not like white people who'd never met a black person before. So I think it was at first for me, like the struggle of how I was perceived more so, like people like maybe being afraid like to talk to me. Sometimes I could tell there was a bit of tension there. Um, so it was kind of reckoning with being seen as completely different or being seen as like some stereotypical version of myself. Um, so that was definitely hard at first and then all the Cambridge traditions were so weird like I think Target Oxbridge like prepared us a bit like we had been on a formal um, when we went to a residential but one formal doesn't prepare you for this whole whole experience (laughs) it's very mad like just the
3: debauchery yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) glasses of wine yeah
4: No, it was just, like, people turning up to suits, going to Cindy's, going clubbing. I was, like, like full tux, actually. Yeah, Um, I forgot about that.
3: That That's so weird. Yeah, that's actually mad, you know? That's mad.
4: Yeah, so that was definitely hard. And then um, I think we've told Bilal about this already, but um, we had a Christmas dinner, like, with loads of... And it just so happened it was, like, all BME people. Um, It wasn't a BME mixer or anything, but these people came into the kitchen whilst we were just, like, talking they were like is this a bme mixer by any chance like thinking that anytime they see more than two like BME people together that it's somehow some organized event i don't know it was just it just showed that they didn't really they weren't used to seeing like black and brown people together um and then that same night just the porters coming again and again just to like check on us, even though this wasn't an instance of debauchery, like we were being very wholesome.
5: We were literally wearing Santa Claus costumes <laughs> and singing My Desire the Climb.
0: <laughs>
4: Not very embarrassed to admit that, yeah. but was. We <laughs> um, so I think, and after that, we were like cleaning up, and I'm a very emotional person generally, but it was just a bit humiliating, like to just be constantly policed and like we kind of felt like we were doing something wrong even though we were just like having a cute christmas dinner with our friends but totally i don't know if you have
5: yeah i i'd agree i think the culture shock was definitely there meeting people that hadn't seen a black person before or spoken to one and the formal thing again The thing that made me so confused, there was like a choir and it was above us on some balcony and they were lit up in red lights or something. And I was like, where am I? How does a place like this exist? that was really confusing i remember during freshers week and like my first few weeks i just kept asking myself how does somewhere like this exist Mm. but i think now we're a bit more used to it obviously just experiencing formals a bit more learning that if you don't want to drink you just turn your glass over the little things that just make you a bit Mm. less on edge in those scenarios and again with the christmas dinner thing it was it was such a good night and the fact that we kept have we had to keep dealing with things like that throughout the night was just a bit
4: frustrating
1: Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like that night is just kind of like um almost like a metaphor for like the entire sort of like experience at least for myself at Cambridge like I had such a good time but like it was just always like punctuated by like stuff like that that kind of took the gloss off of it um because yeah like Cambridge it was hard, like proper hard work. Like you you don't ever really stop thinking about work, but even despite all of that, I had a great time. But the thing that kind of, yeah, kind of, I guess, damaged my experience is just, yeah, stuff like that, like run-ins with porters and those weird microaggressions that you get with people in in shared kitchens and stuff like that. So yeah, I'm sorry that you guys had to go through that, but um, yeah, hopefully things things will
2: change, but yeah. yeah. I had a question actually, um, just off the back of um, both of your involvements on committees, um, I guess around diversity. And firstly with like the ACS, because I was on the committee for the ACS in 2012, Um, so yeah, a while ago now. And I go on Twitter these days um, and I see like the little videos you guys do for like um to get nominated and everything. I'm thinking like you guys are so so creative compared to like <laughs> what we had to do. Yeah, we were actually useless. <laughs> like now. we were so like yeah. I always I look back and if we were so whack. Like <laughs> <laughs> we're dead compared to these lot you lot are just sick with it. Like the videos and like just everything, a lot more personality to it. Um and it made me think like at the time when I was at at Cambridge, the ACS for me was kind of just like Okay, this is just a group of friends that are black and you know from different backgrounds. I think it was predominantly from London or just like cities in the UK generally. And this is just our way of like forming friendships and having people go out to more kind of like a social thing personally. Um, and now it feels like the ATS has become a little bit more. Um, there's an activist, an activism edge to it, which I don't think was that present before
1: yeah Um, and i I think about
2: like what um you know chelsea and um ra were doing um with like the the murky scholarship with stormzy and all of these different things right there's just a lot more active um in the access side of things um what do you feel like the role of acs is now um and what is the kind of reaction you guys get on campus um, because I also remember like when I'd say to someone in my college, like I'm going to an ACS event or whatever, there's kind of like a weird vibe that comes with that thinking, oh, you know, why do you want to, you know, are you are going to see your black friends kind of thing? Like is, does that still exist? And like, just generally, what do you think the the role? <laughs> so true, man. I'm laughing at it. that. <laughs> it's so that's weird. Exactly. Yeah, big facts, big facts, man. Yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to kind of get from you guys how that's been for you.
4: Um, We were just smiling to each other because I think there's definitely still that, like, in the wider Cambridge community, it's like, yeah, you're going to ACS to your black friends. I think um, with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, like, and obviously we weren't at uni for it, um, but I think other societies that aren't involved in, like, BME or black issues are starting to um, respect ACS a bit more. So, like, they ask us for collab events and all that kind of stuff. Because they recognize that like the black community is some a community that's important in Cambridge, um, but I'd say overall there's still a lot of a long way to go with other societies, but like for example, we do an event every year um, at the Union called the Motherland Conference, which was started I think two, three years ago now, um, so that's something we're still carrying on and like there's definitely that element of um that community, like as I said, we went out um, as ACS like we had events like debates and that. Um, so it's definitely to find your community, but we kind of feel like we have um, an an increased responsibility now. So as you said, it kind of started with Ori and stuff, having that more political or like activism le- side to it. Um, and like Tolu can talk some more about BME campaign, but like so, the president is like a friend of ours, and she's like actively trying to make it more political because it is our duty like we now have a platform to talk about things so we platform things like the ensars um yesterday um and loads of other things and even on twitter sometimes we get um some backlash if we don't talk about certain issues so it is a very big um um shift from maybe what you were talking about um and i definitely say so i'm lgbtq plus officer this year and that's a, commi- a committee position that's only been like around for two years now so again it's just trying to make sure that yes we provide community but we provide community for everyone because as you said a lot of the people in ACS before probably are from London probably like Ghanaian or um, Nigerian (laughs) Um, so now we're trying to like make it a bit more open as well and like not just the corporate bag for people So, so
5: yeah I think more generally across cambridge whether that's bme campaign or acs or on jcrs there is kind of a shift in oh the black issue at cambridge's representation there aren't enough of us here let's do access schemes to what about when you get here what about in freshers week when you're encountering all these micro microaggressions there definitely is a shift to focusing on the experience more and i think i've seen that in acs as well and even in um, the videos that we've been doing for black at fits when we're asking about changes that people would like to see everyone's been talking about the experience so i think that has um kind of resulted in a bit more activism from different societies i'm on the bme campaign which is like by nature a bit more um more campaigning because this year we've joined the students union so we're focusing on community building as well um we've done freshers events and things like that so people can meet each other but we're also focusing on lobbying the university at at a university level to implement changes so for example um after a lot of the black lives matter protests happened over summer we an open letter, and I think it got almost 5,000 signatures across the university, it was focused on loads of different areas, so um, the black awarding gap, uh, obviously representation as well, decolonising the curriculum, um, anti-racism training, loads of different areas and I think I like how it's gone past, we just need to get more black people Mm -hmm. in because what's the point in asking them to come here? if they're not enjoying their experience and they come away thinking I should have gone to work
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, but I think also and just quickly to add um before there was this weird separation between yeah. BME campaign and ACS I don't know if it was similar mm. when you guys were there but um like it was kind of like oh ACS all you're doing is like for clout and mm. then BME we were saying to BME campaign like <laughs> you're not doing enough for enjoyment but what's nice now is that we're actually trying to work together um because obviously we need (laughs) we need to mobilize and the committee like we are friends like leona and we're (laughs) friends and
5: the president of the acs is also on target oxford so there is a lot more collaboration even on the open letter we spoke to the acs committee about what they wanted and i think they also had meetings off the back of that with the vice chancellor as well so it's definitely a lot more collaborative this Mm -hmm. year
1: um i was actually um yeah i was actually going to ask um that question um about the sort of relationship between the um, um bme um and um the acs um cuz i don't know about you guys tom Bilal and kweku but for me um i so when you know when um, we did the black at fits interview and i and you asked me about like what was like how how was your involvement in that sort of like political stuff and I said, like, one of the reasons I didn't really engage with it as much um, was the kind of the way that um, sort of blackness, how, how blackness was politicized um, in the sense that. Um, so back then um, it was called the Black Students Campaign. Um, so it was obviously called Black Students, but it was essentially black and minority ethnic students. Um, Politically and, black. Uh, yeah, yeah. So at that time, um it was a bit of a weird thing to sort of engage with. um, And like my preference was sort of more to kind of um, engage with um, the African Caribbean society because it was like sort of um, explicitly about, um, you know, black students, I people that are African or African descendant. Um, So yeah, I just wanted to sort of ask like, how is it now with um, um, the black minority ethnic campaign, BME campaign, like, is it, how it was before, I imagine it's not, I imagine it's like, even though it's kind of like a more umbrella sort of approach to um, to um, race and diversity, um, are there sort of more sort of like intersections when it looks at like um, the different people that come under that BME umbrella? Um, and I guess now that you and the, the, the ACS are, um, I guess, allies, um, it sounds like, yeah, the relationship is a lot more a lot more fruitful because yeah when i was there it was kind of like not versus but like i felt like the university uh recognized um the black students campaign um more than the african caribbean society in fact actually yeah because we weren't officially a cambridge um society i think it was just the black students campaign was like the thing for for black students so yeah like how is it now how is that relationship now
5: Yeah, I think um, this year we've done quite a few different campaigns about different things. So one thing that uh, the BME campaign vice president has been on top of quite a lot is reporting um, the different reporting procedures at colleges and university level. So I think within that, we have to look at the different experiences of different students under that BME umbrella. So we've looked at anti-Black racism, but also Islamophobia. So working with ISOC as well. And I think BME campaign is kind of a space where different societies or cultural societies at Cambridge can come to to kind of lobby on their behalf as well. So I understand that ACS, a lot of it is about community and having that safe space to just be black in Cambridge Mm -hmm. rather than constantly lobbying the university. So I think that that allyship that we formed this year and also last year as well Mm -hmm. um, has really helped to make sure that we're advocating for different groups in Cambridge and just being open to other societies coming to us with any issues so recently we've had different societies even come to our BME campaign meetings just to raise things that their society has been talking about and also under um, or working with the BME campaign is FUSE which is for queer people of colour and then FLY which is for women of colour so I think the BME campaign pain this year has been looking at different groups under that umbrella and definitely not just saying if you're not white this issue applies to you let me solve it (laughs) for everyone in this one way
1: yeah that's really encouraging to be honest um sorry i didn't mean to cut you off liana
4: no it's all right and i think it's it is obviously still an issue like even with the black lives matter movement a lot of the College statements weren't using the word black, and that's where like things like BME campaign or ACS comes in, Um, because it's like let's now lobby and be like this isn't right. Like use the word black. It's not that difficult, and kind of trying to really show that there are differences, obviously, between like everyone that comes under that label, and like that's something I've personally had to deal with. Like even as BME officer, like what can you really do? Like there's also so many different dimensions under that, like different classes. So it is hard to kind of feel like you're actually providing for everyone under that label but i definitely say that um like acs has a more political um kind of feel to it as well like the president is always talking to like the uni but also like trying to get advice from bme campaign and that to like oppose the uni as well like do open letters so it's just it's a bit of a struggle sometimes because we're just trying to do our degrees and like enjoy but it's kind of necessary to do as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think like um yeah, uni even so like like I said, even though I wasn't really I guess like politically active um at university itself, I feel like university is a time where you do become a lot more politically aware. Mm-hmm. So um even though at the uni I wasn't really doing that much, I remember, well maybe not at uni, but like just after that's when um that's when like black lives matter started like 2014 so that was like a year after I graduated and I feel like based off of my experiences at university and what I'd seen and like obviously um experiencing like privilege in that space um and then kind of being like thrust into like the world of work and then everything that was sort of going on um sort of yeah like social media on the news like I feel like that was kind of what propelled me into kind of being a, a lot more sort of um politically aware and i think it's just like it's just like a rite passage or like a, a um yeah like a yeah a growing up thing that that happens at uni like you just yeah you suddenly see the world through a much more political
2: lens mm-hmm. I had um so go ahead
5: i was just gonna add that there is this idea of the cambridge bubble and things happening around the world that are kind of sometimes ignored or not addressed within cambridge as well so i definitely agree with that seeing things happening around the world um like the black lives matter movement and seeing that there wasn't that much um discussion or even a lot being done about that within cambridge and how that manifests in cambridge definitely encouraged me to speak out about it more.
2: i was gonna say um you meant you made mention to fly and that sparked a thought in my mind because fly is actually something that started whilst we were still at uni um and if i remember correctly it was sienna that kicked that off and um at the time we i don't know if it was a reaction to it but um, I think Banal, he he probably remembers we started something called Saw, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, not not in a in a negative way, but just kind of like, okay, okay. the mandam, <laughs> the Mandanese of wasting and it kind of that kind of vibe, right? Um, but that's something that quickly like it didn't get past the Facebook group. Like it quickly <laughs> just disintegrated into just nothingness. Whereas Fly, you know, true to its name continue to soar um so did more than definitely we could have we could have done but um it made me think about the fact that at least from my point of view a lot of the active arms a lot of the active arms of the kind of like black and bame communities in cambridge are led by women mm-hmm. um, and also i remember when we had chelsea come um on for an interview chelsea quachy she talked um, quite a lot about in her book how black men had kind of let her down or let down you know and it's a, it's a conversation that happens a lot about black guys being like the weak links and etc cetera, etc cetera. um I was wondering what has been your experience with like the black men or know, yeah, black young men I guess black boys whatever um in Cambridge like whether it be as the ACS and activism etc or just more socially and how they kind of stand up for you or otherwise like how's that experience been? And be um, open and honest. <laughs> open. Hey, Craaky,
3: that's a question, bro. That's a question, but I'm John just is. I'm like, right, that is actually when
4: a is. wow. Um how okay, I'll be honest. Um we actually spoke about this at a fly forum at the end of, well, at the end of what term? The the term before this whole quarantine thing happened. Um and there was actually another dimension that we had. It's all, always like women and non-binary people and queer men for some reason I don't know why it's just like the, the it's the straight men <laughs> no not even that but it's it's been difficult because I think a lot of especially men who can um, pass very easily into that whole like laddish culture which is why I said queer men because usually it's harder to then um, integrate into that culture it's easier then to just kind of Um, And I completely get it, like just do the Cambridge thing, like go to the sports societies, like even a couple drinking socks that these (laughs) ACS boys have been in. And it's, it's, and I get it, like it's a way for them to get through Cambridge. But it means that obviously a lot of the labour is then on like um, women and non-binary people a lot to do um, the activism work in Cambridge. And um, in terms of the enjoyment side, like you always will see those boys in cindies, in the clubs, but then not as much on committees Um, and like on the ATS committee now um, there's someone like the treasurer and access which is usually the places where you do see boys um, but not necessarily um, in other positions which is interesting Um, so yeah just to answer that yeah there's definitely still an issue and it's unfortunate because we need all of those dimensions to be able to actually um, advanced things because there are fewer black men in Cambridge than black women so I think that could be a dimension as well of like wanting to like fit in because there are fewer people to mobilise um I don't know Tolu <laughs> yeah I'd say the same on the BME campaign committee I don't
5: think there are any black boys on committee um similar to ACS that's mm-hmm. probably for similar reasons as well but on the activist activism side Not that I haven't seen people like using their voices to stand up for things in Cambridge if they're a black boy, but on committee, I haven't seen it as much on the BME campaign.
4: Yeah, and I have asked some people, because obviously they are our friends as well, but um, it's just that they have other priorities maybe, and they feel like it's too much of a burden. Maybe because there is more Mm -hmm. um, of a negative perception of black men by people who've never met um, black people before. Maybe there's more of an impact on that or... I don't know, maybe it's just kind of having black women do everything.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but that's, it's tough. such a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that question just I've just been sitting here thinking about sort of even in the world and the history of activism with black women and queer people being at the forefront of it and often, you know, black men not taking on that emotional, physical, cognitive labor to actually do anything. And it's so funny just hearing you two talk, because I'm like, this sounds like you could have been talking in the same time that we were at cambridge mm. <laughs> 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 like it, and whereas everything else you said i'm like wow oh, that's amazing you got a motherland conference you got this you got that and i'm like whoa <laughs> you lot are actually doing bits but then this particular aspect of the conversation i'm like no nah, nothing has changed and that's like it's harrowing to even hear because i'm just sitting there like that's that's a lot to really just process you know especially when you talk about you know black men being in the clubs and being all over like cindy's but not really about it on the on the forefront of activism on the forefront of student leadership or protest like it says a lot really as to kind of where priorities might sit but also some of the barriers to even getting them involved in the first place
4: yeah, yeah so. no it's sad but hopefully it will change i think um there are maybe some people will come up now because there's a huge i don't even know the number but it's a crazy number of black freshers this year so i feel like my maybe probability but <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. um,
1: well, yeah i think we just um if you're listening if you're young black and at university or you're at cambridge uh, and you're black male and you're listening and this sort of applies to you um yeah let's like just like encourage each other to just to, I guess, do better in general. Um, but also understand that these things um, that you probably feel like they don't affect you right now because you're in university and like it's about getting your work done, but also your enjoyment as well. But um, these things, you know, it it's not something that's just like, it, it's like w- once you're inside your university bubble, it's not there. Like once you come out of your university bubble, you've got the world to face. Yeah. Um, and this is something that is already affecting you before you've even yeah before you have even gotten into the world of work. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, man, let's, let's just encourage each other, um, black men to just, yeah, to really sort of pick up the slack as well and do our bit. And, um, yeah, um,
0: off the help. back of that, I'm just really conscious of time for both of you. Cause I know that we've actually got an anti racism session to deliver in a moment. Um, but before you go, I suppose, um, unless there's any final questions or comments from any of the three of you. I was wondering, um, what would you two want to say to maybe any parents of young people Um, at the moment who's you know, young people might be off to uni at some point in their life, or even just to anyone who could be listening in, um, who's heard what we have talked about in the context of student activism, in the context of the need for these safe spaces and activist communities, and also just in terms of like your own journey and experience of Cambridge at the moment.
4: Um, I think I didn't really get into it, but first year was tough for me for a lot of reasons. Maybe part of that was getting involved in these things so as much as we've been talking about getting involved I think also just taking the time for yourself and obviously this time has given everyone a time to kind of step back reflect Um, and I think uni and just life in general there's like that hustle mentality always like even today I was like oh gosh I haven't done enough reading for my essay yet um and I think just being able to take a break like doing the basics Um, because everyone's like oh meditate like go outside all this stuff and it seems very simple but I think when you have those foundations in life then you can go really far Um, and just taking the time out to actually just sit down do nothing like (laughs) give yourself time to do nothing like you don't have to be doing stuff all the time Um, and don't take that burden on you all the time either yeah I'd agree I think even
5: even if sometimes it feels like if you're not going to do the work then who will at the end of the day you need to take time for yourself and remove yourself from situations which are harmful for you or making you more stressed than you need to be in the moment um again asking for help wherever you need it whether that's counseling or just asking a senior tutor or like someone (laughs) who's supposed to be doing the job to do the job and send emails and say I won't be doing this, but I want to make you aware of this. I think definitely just taking time for yourself, even over the weekend with every, everything happening in Nigeria and the Nsars protests, that has been a burden on so many students. So I've sent emails to the college saying, make sure if anyone says, because if anyone is emotionally burdened or just really upset and can't hand in an essay, make sure there are things in place to make sure that's okay. And that supervisors know about things like that. So yeah i just echo what leona said about making sure you're making time for yourself and getting sleep that is my non negotiable <laughs> if i have an essay due and it's not written and i haven't slept i'll choose sleep because <laughs> the essay will not help me in any way tomorrow morning so yeah
1: i'm a strong advocate of that
5: 100% never skip never skip
3: I never skip sleep I'm I'm still learning on the sleep part to be honest i'm I'm yeah I'm still working on that one now, even though I'm almost thirty years old. Do you know what I would say in terms of being able to do something to relax in now I'm just talking because like when I used to work on my old job, you sometimes just sleep four hours, three hours a night, you work, go home, get a little bit of kip, come back, and then just do the work again and again and again, and it's fun, but eventually it does take a toll on your body, but you know so long as you enjoy what you do, that's all that matters in my in my mind anyway, it's my philosophy, but I was gonna say in terms of relaxing one of the things i'd recommend is taking a walk from Grantchester back into cambridge um Ooh. it's one of the i mean you'd have to look it up um it's nice it's, man it's a it's really nice, really man. nice and it sort of takes you back um near sidgwick kind of Nunham sides takes you sort of there but it's a really really nice walk very peaceful you're really out of the way um and yeah so so yeah. You've also that.
0: got to walk there to,
3: to be able to walk back, Tom. Just saying.
5: <laughs> I was thinking that because I don't have a bike. Once again,
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, there's a bus. There's a there's a bus you can take down. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bus that takes yeah, you down yeah. to where the Waitrose is, uh, in that direction, and then you can kind of just walk from there back to back to um to Cambridge. So. We've got a Cambridge bucket list, so we'll
4: add it to that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Well, I just want to say, man, it's really, really lovely to have had both of you on here. It's been such a rich conversation and I really do appreciate the time. And before you go, if people want to find you, follow you, chat to you, um, where can they do that?
5: Um, So we just started a video series, basically highlighting Black experiences at Cambridge. Um, Patrick's on an episode. So you can follow us at Black Atfits on Instagram and then
4: on YouTube as well yeah other than that we're not too much social media girls so. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for this conversation it's been really great yeah.
0: uh, thank you both man and I just want to say it's been wicked been wicked having you yeah man like going down memory lane a little bit and yeah thank you so much you're man you're all up to Um, amazing so with that all that's left for me to say is thank you to our listeners for listening as ever if you've liked what you've heard please do get in touch at otb podcast uk on the socials or otb podcast uk at gmail.com via email as they said get some sleep look after yourselves and please please do Uh, if you haven't already looked at the hashtag nsars on social media i encourage you to do that Check in with people, make sure that everyone's okay, as Tony said, there's perfect advice there. And all that's left to be said is thank you and we'll see you again soon. Over and out.